How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are back at it again, starting a new study. And today we're going to be working our way through the book of 1 Timothy. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and grab your tea, grab your coffee. It's, this is also very important. And take your Bibles and please turn to the book of 1 Timothy. And what we're going to be doing again is using the three points of the Christian faith, the three points of Bible study, which are interpretation, application, demonstration. Interpretation is the what, the what of the narrative, what it's specifically saying. So we see what's going on, the scenario, the scene, the whole thing. We get a, an overview picture. And then we back up, go again through it slowly, take a look at the how how is it specifically being said the specific words and the pictures and the images also doing the word studies um, how is it being presented getting all more the gritty details and everything you start really paying attention to the fine detailed points of the picture what's going on here and also the how is also in interpretation pairing scripture with scripture Rightly dividing the word of truth, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so we cross-reference the word of God as the Bereans who searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And this is what we do here in interpretation and application. We, we do not just read the Bible, we study it. And also with uh, application, uh, there's, all, there's uh, the... Applying the details here is scripture with scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. And then we go to demonstration, which is now applying it to ourselves to go live it, speak it, think it, do it. How can we put it into practice for our own selves as well? And one other final point as well here is the clear interprets the unclear. And this is also another study uh, tool that we use here is... Uh, a lot of people struggle trying to understand a passage of scripture because they're not quite sure what it's saying. Well, you go, where else in the word of God does it talk about this? We regularly use the picture of James chapter 2, faith that works is dead. People often misunderstand that one. But to uh, apply what Paul has written in Ephesians and Titus and Galatians and Hebrews and all down through what Jesus says in John 3, for example... We apply all these things, we see the salvations by grace through faith and not of works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's by grace and faith is believing trust. So we see what salvation is, so we know then what it is not. So therefore, we can understand that uh, James 2 is not talking about salvation. Faith is not by works. So to, the clear interprets the unclear learning how to apply full doctrines and other aspects of the word of god with others to help understand what those are not saying so so with that clear as mud all right let's take our bibles and please turn to first timothy chapter one first timothy chapter one and again folks if you have any comments questions issues insights regarding the study at hand please by all means go ahead ask away be glad to hear from you if it's not related to the topic at hand if you could just hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing as much as we can 
All right, so with that, grab your uh, Bibles, notepads, and pens. Grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your snacks. Come join us at the table. Time to study the Word of God. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so what I was planning on doing was finishing up First and Second Thessalonians and then going back and... Uh, doing another study on the gospel of john and then as i'm looking through the different playlists i noticed that uh, the playlist that we have on first and second timothy and titus bit dated <laughs> i i forgot about those i've done those quite a while ago been a few years and uh as this there's just so much more we've learned and uh, that we've uh come to understand and all this so i want to just go over these again just kind of redo our timothy and titus study so i hope you don't mind i'm sure you don't and if you do too bad uh we're going to be going through first timothy second timothy and titus we're going to be doing up all the t's uh, first thessalonians second thessalonians and first and second timothy and titus we're going to do up all the t's and then we're going to go back and uh, do our uh, redo of John. So hope you'll be looking forward to that. I am. I'm really excited about our upcoming John study. It's my favorite book in the Bible. I love going through the Gospel of John. But right now we're going through Timothy. There's an awful lot in here that we're going to be discussing today. So buckle down. We're also going to be covering certain topics and things where uh, I could get a bit trouble for this, but who cares? So FYI, this message is illegal by Canadian law. This message is illegal by Canadian law. So I'm just letting you know I'm an outlaw. Um, uh, so <laughs> but if they don't like that, tough. They can arrest me, but then I'll be preaching to the inmates. Throw me in isolation. I'll preach to the guards. Remove the guards. I'll preach to the angels. You can't stop me. So. And I'm not going to apologize for the word of God. All right, but it is all in how we present it. I got, we're not yelling and screaming and cursing and fighting and spitting and growling and all the rest of that. You know, it's it's what it says. It, it A lot of it does come down to how it's presented. So we have to remember that in preaching and in teaching, uh, the flesh is not allowed to be in the pulpit. The flesh is not allowed to be in the pulpit. The Spirit of God speaks to the to the people. The Spirit of God teaches. Spirit of God preaches, not the flesh. Now God uses us as a microphone, and He can use our character and personality and all these things. But we got to be very careful that, about this, and not uh, and not to allow our flesh to get involved. That it's a very very hard thing to do. It's very difficult to rein in uh what we how we feel like we want to react and what we want to say we have to uh, temper everything righteously as we see temperance is one of the fruits of the spirit now this doesn't mean that we temper what what we're saying we temper how it's being said because the word of god can be quite pointed and can be quite direct and can be quite harsh in and of itself regarding certain things we don't water that down. 
what scripture flat out says we don't water it down what scripture flat out says we we don't you know tiptoe around it and and try to apologize and try to excuse or try to you know kid glove approach kind of thing it's just what it says what it means this is what it says but you don't have to add to add to the fire with our own selves got to be very careful how we go about this it's a fine line and so we got to learn to to pray and get ourselves right with the lord and uh, in line with uh, the lord's teaching before we present it so just some things to keep in mind when you're going to be preaching and i say this because well this is speculated that this is one of timothy's uh first offices one of his first jobs one of his uh first uh pastorates and paul is writing to timothy to help him to encourage him to strengthen him and timothy is just a young man uh, as we also see in uh, in first timothy chapter four we skip ahead to first timothy chapter four down to verse 12. <clears throat> look at verse 12 of first timothy 4. let no man despise thy youth but be thou an example of the believers in word in conversation in charity in spirit and faith and purity so he's just a young man now how young we're not told we don't know um so age in and of in and of this is irrelevant uh, to the point because if a child stands up and starts speaking the word of god you shut up and pay attention because the spirit of god can speak through the mouth of a child as well as anyone else but we see the work of the office though and we do see in scripture talks about this that such a one is not to be a novice but is to be well versed in these things and to be educated in these things and know what they're talking about because as a novice as a really young unexperienced individual you won't really know what you're talking about like how for example can you counsel people in marriage counseling if you're not married how can you give people marriage counseling if you're just a young kid you've not experienced life you don't know what's going on so you do see that there is uh, some qualifications to this as we will get into in our walkthrough of timothy and these are things that paul is laying out for timothy to help him to remember these things keep these things in mind so this is a letter of encouragement and, and exhortation to timothy as he steps into the office of a pastor i.e bishop and so paul's is going over some things for encouragement uh, remembrance and these things to charge and help timothy so this is what's going on here so first timothy chapter one verse one Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. All right, so again, we see the authority where this is coming from. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is an established apostle, uh, called an apostle by Christ, accepted into the apostleship in Jerusalem by the Apostolic Council, taught by Christ face-to-face in the deserts of Arabia for a few years, and we see he speaks by the authority of God and the spirit of God speaks through him. And we see Paul here is one of the writers of scripture. Now, there are those that call themselves apostles and they are not, but they are false apostles, deceitful workers. Uh, all because 
uh, because they say, well, they had a vision of Jesus, or they feel that they're an apostle. You see much of this in the charismatic movement of people, self-proclaimed apostles and and uh, prophets and whatnot. It's all a bunch of nonsense. We don't have prophets and apostles today. Anyone claim, claiming to be one of the other things you also take note is uh, often you'll find that they're much in the prosperity gospel movement as well. You'll see much of that about those kinds of individuals anyways. That's beside the point. We see Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God. God called him, set him up, ordained him, and gave him a work to do, founding churches and all this, and teaching uh, the, the truth of Christ, uh, handing down the teachings of Jesus. Uh, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. So we take from this that Paul has taken Timothy under his wing and is is really pouring a lot of attention and care upon him. Uh, speculated that Paul led Timothy to the Lord and teaching him these things and raising him up. And now Timothy is stepping into the pastorate. And to Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace. Three things. A trinity of care and character by God grace mercy and peace that truly sums up the character of christ likeness and we see that a lot throughout paul's writings and paul's epistles of that which he emphasizes he emphasizes a lot of this that that this is how it's to be the salvation by grace and not only salvation by grace but the walk uh, by uh, uh walk in jesus christ by christ is by grace we're no longer under the law we're under grace and we see the mercy of christ and we see the long-suffering and gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and peace. The peace that passes all understanding, that pours out from us as well, as we're, be, we're to be the peacemakers. As much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. So we see, to love your enemies, turn the other cheek. All of this character of Christ-likeness is really pushed to the forefront by Paul. And he's emphasizing this again to Timothy. Keep this on your mind. This is how we act. This is how we preach. This is how we live. Keep these three things in your mind always. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Timothy, my son in the faith, a young man stepping up into the pulpit. You, you, you can imagine that there would be a lot of anxiety. <laughs> uh, anyone who thinks that there isn't that in the work is fooling themselves, I would say to them, try it. Not just one day. This is now your life. Uh, uh, every time, this is how people are going to see you, people know you, and you have to be prepared for every service, every opportunity day and night night and day people could be contacting you for counseling help encouragement whatever else so you got to be called out some other you call other churches you got to be able to preach pray or die at a minute's notice <laughs> that's actually something that's been handed down uh, uh to me something that was taught to my dad when he went to bible school he says this is the motto of the preacher is you got to be able to preach pray or die at a minute's notice if need be, you got to be ready to fill in. If suddenly someone can't do it, you, you, you can't be caught off guard. you got to be always ready. But we see that when we walk close to the Lord in this, though, 
that you learn to trust on the Lord, to lean on the Lord, that that in the moment, in the pinch, that the Lord always comes through. He always prepares. He always speaks. He always provides. He will never fail you. He'll teach you all things. He'll cause to be remembrance of everything. He'll teach you what to say. He'll teach you how to pray. And you learn to rely on this. And this is something that Timothy is learning. Timothy is learning and that he's learning to rely on as Paul taught him. Paul showed him. Paul, by example, demonstrated this again and again and again. And Timothy is taking is taking this all these lessons and is now putting it into practice unto timothy my own son so you could see the relationship here with paul and timothy as well as uh, paul's not just an apostle an elder of the faith but that close kinship that close fellowship that close relationship as we are brothers and sisters in christ by blood and Paul, an apostle uh, here as well as took Timothy under under his wing and showed him these things and, and empowered him and strengthened him, encouraged him and set him on the course. And uh, we see here the focus, grace, mercy and peace. And we see now down in verse three. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. All right, now we're getting down to it. It says here, uh, he uh, wants Timothy here to stay in Ephesus, to work in Ephesus, to preach in Ephesus. Now, we've gone through the book of Ephesians, really focuses on the uh, the grace of God, uh, salvation of the Lord. Uh, um, and uh, we see here, Paul again says, charging them to charge them instruct them, command them to teach no other doctrine. All right. Now, to take yourself now and put yourself in his shoes, use your sanctified imagination. A young man, a young man is stepping up in the pastorate. Now, this is new to him, the experiences of this. And there there'd be a lot of possible anxiety in here as all eyes are on him as he's supposed to now be the one that has all the answers and he's going to be teaching them and showing them and and there is always <laughs> this is one thing I, I try to help uh up and coming uh preachers evangelists and all of them that i speak to uh, that that are aspiring to get this kind of thing to to keep in mind that it doesn't matter where you go what you do what you say how you present it how you live or anything there's always going to be individuals who are going to challenge your authority and are going to get their nose out of joint about anything and everything you say that is there's going to be something that that's that they're going to be at odds with you about and you can't please everyone someone's going to get mad someone's going to get offended someone's going to get upset and there's no way around it cheerful isn't it but uh it's that's just the way it goes that with every Every herd of sheep, there's always going to be a few goats. Every herd of sheep, there's always going to be a few goats. And there's always going to be the rats. And there's always going to be the wolves. And there's always going to be the snakes. And there's always going to be the oppositions and the persecutions, whether whether outward persecution or inward heresy, something's going to happen. It's just That's just how it is. But that's not exactly what we're looking at here. Is more so the feeling 
that goes along with standing up in a new pulpit in a new church with all these faces staring at you expecting you to be the example of authority and everything that's a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure especially for a young guy especially for a, a young guy and especially if this is his first pastorate so we see paul's encouraging and as we saw in chapter four it says let no man despise thy youth because you're gonna get that you're gonna get that you're gonna get these individuals they're gonna come up to you they're gonna be older than you and they're gonna be like well i've read the bible for 50 years i've studied it and i know and they'll challenge your authority because because they're older than you they're not the god called god ordained pastor and regardless of how old or how much older they are than you that doesn't matter they're, they're supposed to understand that you are the pastor you have the authority over them by god the pastor is not just some congregant not one of just one of the congregant the pastor is called by god set up by god uh, taught by god and is ordained by God as the pastor, the bishop. And so there's an aspect of authority there and respect as he's the one that cares for the souls. He's the one that is in charge of the church. He's the one that does all this. And so, but there is going to be the goats that are going to ram against the authority. They're going to butt the shepherd. That's, it's going to happen. And so you got to be prepared for this and you got got to know how to handle this. Not fight back, not get your back up like some people do. They get their back up and they get mad and they point the finger and they start a big fight with them. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But at the same time, let no man despise that youth. But what he means by this is don't bring your youthfulness into the equation. It doesn't matter how young you are. You are called of God, set up by God, ordained by God. Don't don't look at yourself as younger than them. That That's not... A part of the issue that's that's irrelevant that's irrelevant it doesn't matter if you're 16 or 52 or whatever it doesn't matter how old you are that it's the authority of the scriptures is is the matter what the Bible says is what it says now this does not mean I'm not saying I'm not saying that you can't go and speak to the pastor and if you have an issue a problem or something like that you can't go to them I'm not saying that absolutely you can but at the same time is you got to understand and remember there needs to be a level of respect for the office the office the position here he's the pastor he's the bishop he's the teacher he's the shepherd of the church there and that uh, you got to remember this and all because the guy's young doesn't mean that that God isn't using him and that you shouldn't show him the respect. Let's keep that in mind. So uh, as well as walking through here, we got to understand the mindset. And it's one thing that I always like to do when walking through the scriptures is looking at the minds, the, the, the mental state, the, the mindset of individuals. Like when we're talking about the Apostle Paul shortly after he got saved, and he, t he talks about his testimony, the things that he did. Put yourself in his shoes. The, the PTSD, the trauma, the nightmares, all these things that will come up from him remembering the horrible things that he did. It, torturing the saints, blaspheming Christ, destroying churches, breathing out threatenings and slaughter, putting his name, his authority to, to the killing of Christians. You think that didn't weigh on him? 
You think that didn't play on his mind? You don't think that that would drive him into moments of despair and emotional distraught? He's an ordinary man, called of God, set up by God. Yes, but again, he's just a man. He, again, still just like you and me, struggling with fears and, and insecurities, all kinds of these things. And now coupled with the, his, his destruction of the church before he got saved, put that on his mind so you could see where this devotion to grace and mercy came from his hyper emphasis on grace mercy and faith so you see teaching this to timothy and uh, helping timothy uh, as well to be be prepared for these challenges and things that come down the line and uh, about how the flesh will want to rail up and, and how we need to focus on the walk of spirit and the focusing on uh, praying in spirit working in spirit walking in spirit and all these things and how there will be those that will challenge through fleshly means. And to not give in to that, to not bend to that, ignore that. Those are trying to challenge you all because they see you as a young man. They're judging falsely. They're accusing falsely. So to ignore that. So as we see here, there's the aspect that yes, Timothy's young, but he's given a position, he's ordained. Uh, as a pastor, but by the blessing of Paul, uh, by the calling of God. And, he, and he's told here in verse 3 to charge him to command Timothy, young Timothy, command some that they teach no other doctrine. Because there are others around Timothy who are pastors and teachers and all these as well. Uh, others in other churches uh, throughout Ephesus and around the area guys that may have been in the pastorate longer than him and that they might try to overrule timothy they might try to put timothy down because of his age because he may not have as much experience as them that doesn't mean that they can lord over him they're in the exact same position same office as timothy is and God is no respecter of persons. We got to learn to look and judge and see things the way the Lord does. That this experiential hierarchy that we develop through our systems and our religiosity is not in the Bible. That that kind of Catholic and Orthodox hierarchy of levelings up, that's not in the Bible. You have the congregants and you and you have the pastor. So we got to learn to look at things as the way the Bible shows it. Yes, individuals may have more experience, may be older, and there, there is wisdom in heeding and listening. But when it comes to the authority of the word of God and the doctrines of the scriptures, the doctrines of God, there is no other leaning. What it says is what it means. And it doesn't matter how old they are, how much experience they have, or what they feel, what they wrote, what they, are, what they teach, or whatever else. If it contradicts the word of God, they're wrong, regardless how much experience they have, no matter how old they are, no matter what they call themselves. What the word of God says, that's what Paul, that's what Paul is helping Timothy to understand. Doctrine. Doctrine, not, not the theological debatings of all the scholars. Well, some theologians have differing ideas and opinions. Ignore that. That's a bunch of nonsense. 
what the scriptures flat out say that's what it means this is what we teach this is what we hold to i don't care what anyone else says but no man despise that youth well you're just young yet and you you'll see you'll understand no that that's irrelevant that's not that's not a part of the equation look at what it says what it says is what it means and if you're trying to water that down you're trying to find ways around that you're trying to excuse that you're preaching well i feel i think i believe you're wrong i don't care how old you are i don't care how many degrees you have i don't care how many books you've written i don't care how big your church is you're wrong what it says is what it means there is no no what ifs there are no uh, ways around the doctrines now the doctrines are the teachings of the teachings of what does scripture flat out teach we're going to get to that the command that they teach no other doctrine other doctrine uh, doctrines other than what doctrines other than what than what has already been told what has already been shown you what has already been explained by jesus christ that is re-emphasized by the apostles what 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 is it that they taught for example we see the doctrine of the deity of jesus christ the doctrine of the cross the doctrine of of the shedding of blood of the death and of the burial and of the resurrection the doctrine of grace the doctrine of faith the doctrine of belief as according to the word of god the doctrine of salvation of justification consecration sanctification by the by the power of god alone and it's not of us that the doctrines of of christ likeness as the bible teaches the doctrines of righteousness and unrighteousness what is sin what is not that the word of god flat out clearly concisely teaches we're not to add to it subtract from it um, to modify it in any other way as revelation says that those that do are accursed of god galatians 1 8 to 9 again accursed of god so we see teach no other doctrine because this is a problem that was even back then now there's no new thing under the sun it says in ecclesiastes there's no new thing under the sun that if we go all the way back to the early church even go back further we have the prophets the teachings of the prophets there's always the false prophets that rise up and challenge their authority and preach some other thing water down what god says and this continued right up into the early church as you have the teachings of jesus christ by the mouth of the apostles the disciples there's always going to be those that are going to challenge the authority and preach some other thing water it down excuse sin air condition hell some other variant and they try to they try to bring in other things into the pulpits to distract people away from godliness away from righteousness away from the simplicity of the faith there's always going to be those and this is something that that is just always comes up again and again as the challenging the doctrine of grace and the simplicity of the faith whereas we see grace offends those who rely on their own efforts the the pharisees the judaizers all of these kinds of individuals uh, will always try to find ways to fit in their personal interpretations their opinions their visions their dreams their ideas but we're not to teach any other thing verse 4 look at this neither give heed to fables <laughs> don't even give heed to fables have nothing to do with it, it completely ignore it 
brush it aside it's a bunch of nonsense it's nothing there's no value to it fables made up stories made up things hypotheticals for example well what if what if god decided no, no stop making up stuff stop dwelling on that stop basing your logic your doctrine your theological positionings on hypotheticals and argumented theological theories stop basing your beliefs on theological theories know what i mean by that well, what if this are the speculations of the scholars, speculations of other people who don't like to just accept what the Bible says and they try to excuse and come up with situations that would make what the Bible says be, become irrelevant. That God would fail his promise. That somehow puts the onus on you and not Christ alone. Do not give heed to fables as well as uh, uh, society's speculation, society's standards. <clears throat> this is where we start to, uh, where to go? This is where we start to get into it. Like, for example, uh, the idea of, well, men can have babies. Right. Uh-huh. But... To, to, to all these crazy things the society has ignore it nonsense it's just a, a bunch it's a fable fables made up it's dr seuss uh, uh, nonsense all of that kind of stuff it's irrelevant that's not what the bible teaches in fact actually i should have had this prepared i didn't know i was going to go down that road uh but I thought I had, there's a passage of scripture, actually. That addresses this. There it is. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 6. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 6. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Jeremiah 30 verse 6 actually shoots down the idea that men can have babies. Specifically, God refutes the leftists' argument that men can have babies. Jeremiah 30 verse 6. So as we see by this, is the word of God. What it says is simple enough. There's an answer for everything. It's what does the Bible say? Stick with that. Stop teaching other things. Stop focusing on. Stop getting all worked up about. Just brush it aside. The word of God is sufficient. Stick with the doctrines of the word of God. Neither give heed to fables. And what else? Endless genealogies. Well, my great great ancestor was this, this, and that and did you want a cookie your ancestry and two dollars will get you a coffee at tim hortons um your uh, the, the whole genealogy thing is irrelevant okay some some people say well my ancestors are this okay that's cool is does that have any weight merit or bearing no does that mean that i have a special bloodline that makes me superior to you no that's a bunch of nonsense 
it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter what your genealogy was it doesn't matter what your ancestors were it doesn't matter any of that it matters who you are right now in jesus christ that's it so stop paying attention to fables stop paying attention to genealogies ignore these things all because your great 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 so and so was this that doesn't mean anything to you means nothing but some people really get bent on that some people really get focused on that they get they get baited into the race wars and the and the uh, the race colors and culture and all that other stuff ignore that stop bringing that in the pulpit that means nothing god couldn't care less what color you are what language you have where you're from what your culture is or any of this he cares about who you are in jesus christ in the word of god that's it stop preaching other doctrines he says here command them timothy timothy command them that they stop this that they stop this people say well well you're young you just don't understand no, I understand what the word of God says, that, that, God, that God has made all the nations of the earth of one blood. That's what the Bible says, and I don't care what your feelings are. God has made all the nations of the earth of one blood. All are created in the image of God. God commands all men to be saved. God wants all people to come to the knowledge of him through the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what God cares about. God couldn't care less about your borders. He couldn't care less about your genealogies. He couldn't care less about your color. He couldn't care less about your language. He couldn't care less about any of that. He cares about your soul, whether or not you're born again, saved, walking in him by faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's what God cares about. God commands that we stop giving heed to fables and endless genealogies. You disagree? Show me by the word of God how I'm wrong. we're really getting into it today but look that's 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 what god says the people will take that and say well you don't understand because if we actually take this and turn this and twist this word and re and rephrase this and change the meaning of this thing and cherry pick this passage here we can make it fit our, our social justice warrior narrative Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. It just brings up more and more and more questions and never teaches. It never instructs. It never teaches. It's just endless. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. It just get away from that get away from the whole bloodline thing get away from the genealogy thing get away from all the fables and the and society's dictations of what they feel is truth in the moment ignore the liberal narrative uh, the global narrative all that stuff ignore what does god say in his word that's sufficient this is where truth is this is what truly matters all else does not matter all else does not matter 
command that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. Okay, so now we see what the true focus is supposed to be. Godly edifying. By what standard? God, what is godly? Well, okay, we have to take a look at oh, then what is godliness according to the word of God? What is godliness according to the word of God? Godliness. Well, this is the way of God. Not the way of a religious institutions, traditions, and feelings of man-made ordinances. Um, all because a guy is wearing a fancy mystic cape covered in gold embroidery with a fancy pointed hat swinging a censer and chanting in Latin doesn't make him godly. It makes him superstitious stupid. <laughs> it, the, all because you wear a lot of beads and you play with crystals doesn't make you spiritual. Demons are spirits, so yeah, really point out what you're really into. So it comes down to a standard, man's standard versus God's standard, man's judgment versus God's judgment, man's doctrines versus God's doctrines. Just as Jesus said to the Pharisees, you teach for doctrines, the traditions of men. What is godly edifying? This is instruction and encouragement and uplifting in godliness, according to God's standard. Okay, so we see denominational distinctives, denominational doctrinal statements, denom denominations ideas of what they think is godliness. They think godliness is, well, eat this, don't eat that, drink this, don't drink that, wear this, don't wear that. That's not godliness. That's not what godliness is. Godliness is not the suit and tie. Godliness is not the abstinence from the things uh, from other things. Godliness is the is the character of God Himself pouring through you. That we see the the personality of Jesus Christ being portrayed. The fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, not the fruits of the flesh. The fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God being made manifest. We see the character of Jesus Christ, the, the beauty of Jesus Christ being portrayed. Neither give heed to fables, endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, which is in faith. Faith is believing trust. Faith is not faithfulness works. Faith is believing trust. Godliness is in faith. Godliness is found in faith, not religiosity. Godliness is found in faith, not churchianity. Godliness is found in faith, not Phariseeism. Godliness is found in faith, believing trust, not legalism. And all of the hyper-reformed, conservative, legalistic Pharisees just all fainted. All right, so we see godliness is found in faith. So do. Do that, Paul says. Focus on that, Paul says. Timothy, get them to see this, understand this, command this, Timothy, that this is what they are to do. This is what they are to do. Not focusing on genealogies. Like, for example, if you might remember my one uh, reaction video that I did uh, a couple months ago. 
and with that uh, orthodox priest i love just <laughs> ripping that one to pieces uh the orthodox priest that is going on and on mocking faith alone mocking grace alone mocking sola scriptura and really focusing on the genealogies and the the ancestry of the church of thessalonica with this fancy building that had this ancient chair with this ancient painting that's supposed to be paul and and the traditions handed down to all the priests and then all the traditions the traditions the traditions their most holy savior traditions endless genealogies stop focusing on that stop focusing on that rather focus on godly edifying teaching instruction encouragement uplifting by faith not by traditions not by works not by uh, religiosity but by faith believing faith by faith alone and Christ alone. Uh, well, faith in what? Faith in your traditions? Faith in your denominational distinctives? Faith in yourself or faith in Christ? Christ alone. You see, Christ alone. Neither give heed to fables, endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. Now, meaning by this that the law is summarized by this. I shall uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what that's getting to. Charity is, is we see, self-sacrificing love. That you would go out of your way, even, uh, even taking from yourself to help others. That kind of love in charity it's not just love in general but this is a different aspect different focus of love a higher love this is the love of christ the love of god as we're talking about the the fruits of the spirit now what is the love of this of the holy spirit what kind of love would be seen and portrayed by the holy ghost the spirit of god that kind of love that kind of character the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart purely sincerely honestly not with not with ulterior motives and other focuses out of a pure heart and good conscience having a good conscience wherever they may speak evil of you that uh, they may be ashamed to falsely accuse your good works you see they will oppose us and fight against this and call this out and they'll, they'll butt heads with this because we see the hyper-religious uh, Pharisee, the works-based individuals, that their ideas of love and charity all have ulterior motives. The only reason they do these things is to build brownie, brownie points with themselves before God. That's the only reason they do that. Because the more good they do, the more brownie points they build up, the more that God will show favor to them. But godly, sincere charity out of a pure heart you're dead to self. You 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 do this regardless of the consequences, regardless of the outcome, and you're not doing it for yourself in any way, shape, or form. You don't uh, you don't care how this might affect you. You don't care how this might affect you. They do, however. But have a pure heart and a good conscience. Your conscience is held captive by the word of God in prayer. How would Christ do this? How would Christ show this? 
How will Christ act in this? And a faith unfeigned. Now look at this in verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. Faith unfeigned. That's faith undis- undissembled. Uh, uh, where it's it's there's no schism in this you're not broken up in this you're not confused by another thing it's just sim- simplicity this, this is another way of saying simple faith simple faith you're not complicating the matter stop complicating it stop being confused about and asking and asking us up the, the the issues of oh what if what if what if you're not based on this it's just because this is what the word of God says is what the Lord would do simple faith simple salvation by the work of the cross simple belief because God says so what the word of God says that's the truth you keep it simple you keep it simple now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned from which look at this verse verse six from which this is what was taught this is what was handed down. This is what Jesus said, and this is what the apostles re-emphasized again. Uh, ta- they taught, as Christ taught, the simplicity of the faith. Simple grace, simple faith, uh, that, uh, that the walk of the saint is simple as well. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. That this is how it was presented. But some, verse 6, but some, having swerved, swerved, have turned aside that they've gone away from this that this is what was given to them they were they were walking with this but they've gone off on tangents they've swerved away they've turned away this is up in uh in verse three of what paul's telling timothy charge some that they teach no other doctrine that there are certain individuals cer- certain uh, in the church whether they be preachers or whatever else or or, or just other saints and, and congregants or whatever uh, there are certain individuals that are trying to emphasize on other doctrines getting people focused on other things that, that trying to get other people to turn aside as well unto what turn aside after what vain jangling vain jangling what's what's that what's vain jangling well if we go down to this vain jangling vain talking empty talk babble random talk uh, just focusing on other things other than what what is taught because what what is it what is he getting at here what is he emphasizing again want to go to romans chapter one sorry um, eventually we want to get there but i want to go to second timothy chapter four first second timothy chapter four verse uh second timothy chapter four and we want verses three to four second timothy chapter four verses three to four for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So we see it back up in verse 2. Preach the word, preach the word. 
be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they'll want fables. They'll want fables. So what's happening here is individuals are swerving away from the soundness of strict doctrine. This is what the Lord says. This is how it's supposed to be. Well, I don't like that. It, it, I want, I think, I feel, I believe, well, I've been a Christian for this many years. I've learned, well, God showed me, God told me, I had a dream that, well, my opinion is, well, so-and-so says, well, I read this in this book over here. Well, that church over here. And they'll, they'll cling on to literally anything to try to excuse them from Sola Scriptura. Meanwhile, they may even be saying they agree with Sola Scriptura, absolutely, but they're literally twisting the scriptures to fit their own personal narrative. Th this was 2,000 years ago, by the way. This was happening 2,000 years ago. How much more is it now? If this was the state of what was going on during the early church period, if this is what was going on during the early church period, how bad do you think things have gotten after 2,000 years of this? Now we can kind of get an idea of where we are, uh, of uh, what's actually going on today. Because really, it, me saying all these things, that there are individuals, there are circumstances, there are churches that are popping up in your mind that that are that that you that you're pairing with this that, that you you know who I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about you everybody has examples that would fit this narrative and Paul's warning against this Paul is that uh, encouraging Timothy to hold the line that you're going to get beset by these kinds of people on every side that every dog and his brother is going to be coming as a, as a couch theologian because they don't need to go to church because they're an expert themselves because God talks to them and they've, they're they a self-proclaimed prophet and they've read the scriptures 50 years themselves and they know better than you even though people are going to cherry pick, twist, misuse, abuse and conflate and and corrupt the scriptures to fit their own personal narrative. On every side, it's going to happen. Uh, this is happening 2,000 years ago. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain, jang vain jangling, focusing on empty points, empty arguments, worthless, valueless circumstances, things that, that don't make for godliness and righteousness and promote the character of God. And instead of having a service that's worshiping God, it's all about focusing on man-made opinions, man-made feelings, man-made traditions. 
and it becomes more about a focus of how, of how it makes you feel other than worshiping God. Now we're really getting down to it. Like the charismatic movement, for example, that's all about worshiping the act of worship itself instead of worshiping God. Like the Catholic Church and the Orthodox, it's all about making themselves feel mystically holy and godly instead of actually worshiping the Lord in simplicity. All about worshiping self rather than worshiping God. So we see some have swerved from this, from the focus of what was, of how it was handed down, what it's supposed to be. Worshipping the Lord God, Jesus Christ, thanking him and praising him, focusing on him and his word, his teaching, all about him, making it, making it Christ-centric instead of self-centric. They've swerved from this because they're tired of this. They don't want this anymore. They don't have a love for this. Does, and look at this, look at this verse 7, that they... They, they oppose this so much that they reject the authority of the pastor or the bishop. They reject the authority of the scriptures. They reject the system, the order that as it was set up by the word of God. And they set themselves up, self-proclaimed, self-observed teachers. Look at this. Desiring to be teachers of the law. Verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm having no idea what they're talking about god is love is love just just come as you are we are all god's children and judge not do whatever you want as long as you just love jesus you can make the bible say whatever you want the bible's not your absolute authority as long as you just love god god knows your heart and you can't tell anyone else anything else Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor of, way, nor of where they affirm. And I want to look at that one just for a moment. I heard I heard a uh, a fellow the other day. I don't know much about this guy. It's just I was scrolling through Instagram and this video popped up. And this fell up on stage. I don't really know anything about him, but something he said really caught caught my caught my ear. I was just about to keep swiping and but he said something this guy get up on stage with the microphone is some kind of preacher up there and, and he uh he um goes on to say there's no such thing as a gay christian and i'm like okay didn't expect to hear that but all right because you, well, you know what the bible says right and uh, it goes on talking about this. Not only those those that do these things, as we see that the Bible flat out teaches that such things are abomination. And if love is just love, then water is just water. Why don't you drink out of the toilet? And so we see that that there is love as God puts it. There's family order as God gave it. There's marriage as God ordained it. There is that as the Bible says it is. But there are those that will twist it and try to make it say whatever they want. But he goes on to point something out because there's a word here um, not, uh, in verse 7 of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Desire to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor of what, whereof they affirm. 
neither uh, where they affirm that's a big word right now in our societies uh, affirming affirming we're affirming we're affirming we're affirming affirming what affirming what now we i said we'd go over there so let's go over to romans chapter one right now romans chapter one romans chapter one let's go to uh let's start at verse 16. romans chapter 1 verse 16. for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the jew first also to the greek so the first thing i also want to just point out here i'm not ashamed of the gospel of christ what does it mean to be not ashamed uh for one i couldn't care less the consequences of speaking the truth i don't care how people will react to this i'm not going to water it down i'm not going to mince words i'm not going to beat around the bush i'm not going to air condition hell water down sin and apologize for god i'm going to say it as it is and i don't care how you react it is what it is jesus christ is the only god he's the only nation and jesus is the christ the mighty god manifest in the flesh you say it's by grace through faith but belief alone if you don't believe that you're not of god so you need to repent and believe the gospel to be saved you must be born again for i'm not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god into salvation to everyone that believeth to the jew first also to the greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Let's just look at that one just for a moment. To hold the truth in unrighteousness. What's an example of that? Now, I heard an example, and I honestly forget where I heard it, but it's an excellent example. Uh, this one person said that uh it's like going going to the beach and you go out in the water and you have a great big inflatable beach ball all right you take a black magic marker and on the ball you write the word truth okay then you go out into uh, into the deeper water and you take this inflatable beach ball and you push it under the water push it under the water and now deny that the ball exists it doesn't exist. You're trying to hold it under the water. It's trying to pop up. Nope, nope, there's no ball. It does not exist. It's not there. Nope, that's not what it says. They hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's uh, uh, against God. It's sin. They're fighting against. They're opposing what the Lord has flat out said. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for god has showed it unto them they know full well what the word of god says they know full well what god says about this thing and they're deliberately opposing it being willfully ignorant on purposely ignorant of all right who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of god is manifest in them for god has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They're without excuse. So when they stand before the Lord, there's literally nothing they can say about it. They acted in complete understanding and knowledge of what they were doing. They knew what the word of God says and they deliberately opposed it. 
They deliberately twisted it, corrupted it, misrepresented it, all the rest of it. And without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They did not like the God of the Bible. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. They set themselves up as teachers of the law, not knowing what they're saying, nor of where they are firm. Profess themselves to be wise and set themselves up as teachers and priests and pastors and all the rest of that. And they have no idea what they're saying because they're deliberately misrepresenting the word of God. Deliberately teaching contrary to what the word of God says. Teaching other doctrines. Professing themselves to be wise. God says, you're a fool. You're a fool. You're a mock priest. You're a mock priest. You're a fake pastor fake teacher, false apostle, deceitful worker, false prophet. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God, changed God and his character, his doctrines and his teachings, change him into an image made like to corruptible man. Turned God more into a character that is in line with man-made character, opinions, feelings, beliefs, personality, and whatnot. Changed God into an image like to corruptible men, into birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things, whereof God also gave them up. God sees this, and this is the way they're going, this is what they're doing, and God says, you know what? Fine. Go your way. You don't have to pay the consequences later. Go do what you want. Go eat, drink, be merry. Tomorrow you die. And God just hands them over. Hands them over to this. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed for every man they worship and serve their own belly their own lusts their own desires their own things they change they change it to fit their own narrative into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed for every man and for this cause god gave them up he let them go See, God is not going to force you to stay. He's not going to force you to believe. If you want to fight God, you don't want to accept what he has, he'll let you go. He'll let you, he'll let you wander into the, into the pig pen. He'll let you wander off if that's what you want to do. If you do not want to stay with what the Lord says, he'll let you go. He'll let you wander. Now, however, i.e., this is not a salvationary... Uh, distinction that i'm making you can't lose your salvation salvation cannot be lost taken away be recanted i'm talking about sin of itself and i'm talking about the world and the world's lusts and we see false doctrines false religions these kinds of things who changed the truth of god into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this cause god gave them up let them go unto vile affections affections we talked about affections uh, the desires and the uh, and and the the longing of the heart now those that are indwelt by the spirit of living god there will be conviction by the spirit of god and you will desire the things of the lord but those that have not the spirit of god they're still in their sin and their foolish heart is darkened 
The foolish heart is darkened, and their affections will become that which is of flesh and of world in opposition to the Lord, thus vile. Give them into vile affections. Or even, here's an example. For example, Paul says here in Romans 1, for example, even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. I wonder what that could mean. The liberal will take that and start sputtering and stammering and come up with some other stupid example that doesn't make any sense to try to uh, discredit what the Bible says here uh, to the point where even in even in Canada in Parliament they actually took this passage and made it hate speech you're not allowed I'm actually by law in Canada not allowed to read this passage and comment on this to condemn sin So, um, I don't care what the law says. I have to obey God rather than men. For even the women did change the natural use. What is the natural use of womanhood? What's the natural use of womanhood? What's the purpose? Uh, the natural use uh, of the woman uh, turned to that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. We all know what that means. Burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. Then receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, or in other words, the Roman Catholic Church, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, hold it, what does it say? Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Affirm. Affirm. Whereof they affirm. They have pleasure in them that do them. <clears throat> so, again, just look. I, I'm just reading what it says. Um, you would have to do some serious mental gymnastics to 
make this say something other than what it's saying. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean change the truth of God into a lie to fit your own narrative? To change God into an image of your own imagination? A God of your own that affirms and agrees with the things that you want because what you have, it goes against the word of God, so you deliberately suppress the truth and unrighteousness? Even though while knowing what God says about it, you hate that God and you get angry whenever that God's mentioned, you fly up into a tizzy and you have a, a complete reing SJW meltdown and you get mad and scream at the preachers that just preach at the Bible saying because, because God is a God of love and it doesn't matter what, what we do. Um, do you realize this, is, this, this was going on 2,000 years ago? This was happening 2,000 years ago. And Paul condemned it. God condemned it. The prophets condemned it. The, apo uh, the apostles condemned it. And Paul's instructing Timothy and helping Timothy understand this. And Timothy's condemning this. Timothy's commanding them, the, the, those around them that are doing this, to stop and how they're against God. Because they're elevating the, themselves as teachers of the law and uh, uh, understanding neither what they're saying nor of what they are, are affirming. We affirm all of this. We affirm. We're an affirming church. We're an affirming church. Yeah, you affirm sin. You affirm hell. You're not a church of God. You're the gates of hell. Just saying that's what the Bible says. You see this? Tell me you see this. This is this this is what was brought up in that video I saw uh, the other day. This guy going on, and he's talking about about this, and I don't know why. I just I I, I never put those the two and two together about not only those that do the same, but those that take pleasure in them that do them. That means, in a way, another way of saying that is not only those that do them, but those that affirm. Like wow, I never, I never put that one together. That's actually really good. That that's actually really good. So, doctrine's important. You you see, doctrine's important. The doctrines of God, the teachings of God, as God has taught it. Well, the Bible is just written by men. No, really? Who else would have written it? Who else would God have gotten to write? Of course men wrote it, but God told them what to write. God told them what to write and God preserved it and he holds it and he elevates, he magnifies it above his very name that this is the teaching of God, the character of God, the nature of God, the ways of God, the righteousness of God. And this is how God is. And if you oppose this, you're against him. If you oppose what the word of God says, you're, you're opposing the Lord. If you are contrary to the character of righteousness, you are unrighteous. If you don't like the layout of godliness, as the word of God flat out says it, you're ungodly. Unchrist-like. Do you not see that? You call yourself a Christian, but if you oppose what the word of God says... You're a false Christian. You're in error. You're in sin. You are, i.e., heretic. 
heresy are teachings that are in contradiction to the word of God. And if you're a promoter of heresy, you're a heretic. That's what the word of God says. And if you don't like that, that offends you. Then you've got a serious problem with God. What the word of God flat out says is what it is. What God says is sin is still sin, regardless what society says. I don't care how many rainbow-stoled priests out there prancing in the pulpits that just screaming God is love and do whatever you want. I don't care how many of those are prophets of Baal dancing around their altar because they are incapable of calling down fire. But again, with all of that said, with all of that said, all we need to do is just say it like I've said it here. Say, look, no, this is what the Bible says. And leave it at that. We don't need to make super big deals about it. This is what the Bible says. No, I'm not budging. No, I'm not moving. I'm not moving from this position. Well, but, 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 but it's against the law. The law of man, but the law of God supersedes the law of man. And they start reading. I, I, I don't care what the government say. I don't care what society says. I don't care what all these other fake churches and mock priests out there go on to preach and say and do. I don't care how many videos they have. I don't care how many dissertations they write. I don't care what they say. If they contradict the word of God, they're wrong. Now, I don't need to sweat about it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I don't care how many people they get stirred up against me. I don't care. This is what the Lord says. And um, just saying that same crowd of the ungodly, unrighteous, affirming sin crowd crucified Jesus. The hyper legalistic, sin affirming liberal types crucified Jesus. Got mad at Paul, wound up getting his head chopped off. Opposed the apostles. And Paul's calling them out here as well. So we see nothing's new under the sun. This is how it's always been. These kinds of, these kinds of situations are always going to arise. And Paul is telling Timothy, reminding Timothy that, uh, of this state. Helping Timothy to not to not worry about this. It does that they're gonna to try to get at you because you're young. Ignore that. Let no man despise that youth. Ignore that. Stick with the truth. Stay on the truth. Stay on this point. Like, like a train, you have a rail here. Be singularly focused. Stay on course. Uh, preach the doctrines. Don't get off on tangents. Don't swerve aside. Don't get angled off. Don't go off on hobby horses. Preach the word of God. Stay on the word of God. It doesn't matter how many goats, wolves, and rats come against you. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what the government say. Stay on the word of God. They affirm sin. They affirm themselves. We affirm the word of God. Yeah, well, we're affirming. We're, we're loving. Well, we, we accept anything. I affirm the word of God. I accept the word of God. I focus on the word of God. I love only the word of God. And if you don't like that, then you're not of God. 
Well, that's mean. That's harsh. How could you say that? Uh, I didn't. God did. Well, that's narrow-minded. The way is narrow, and few there be that find it. Keep them coming. I, I can go all day. From from which some, having swerved, have have turned aside unto vain jangling. Vanity. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. It's all about themselves. All about their feelings, their emotions, their experiences. It's all about their sensations. It's all about their mystic experience, experiences. It's all about their worship. Uh, how, it's disgusting. I, I've seen a, a video this morning of this one church where the people in the church are dancing in a trance-like state. The music is repetitive. It's just going on and on and on and on and on and on, and on with the drums and all the guitars and all the music. And it's just going, but it's the same tone. It's almost like trance music just going on. And this is a church service. And people are gyrating and they're they're like shaking. And they're, they're in trances. That That's apparently worship. Well, they're in the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit of Almighty God isn't some trancing pagan spirit. Spirit of God is calm and gentle in power. In Legion, the Gadarene was found sitting clothed and in his right mind. He wasn't gyrating on the floor, spazzing like he's having a stroke and babbling off like Fred Flintstone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the Lord, talking to the Lord in soundness of mind, clothed and in his right mind. This is what the word of God teaches. The righteousness of God, the doctrine of God, the ways of God is soundness, soundness of mind, soundness of heart, is simplicity and quietness, the still small voice. This is what the word of God says. There's power. There's fire in this uh, that changes the heart and the mind to cause you to grow in the doctrine, and the truths of God, to go and speak the mysteries of God to the unsaved so they would see the truth and they'd be born again saved. That's what the church is about. Worship is worshiping the Lord, not your experiences. From which some have swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor, nor whereof they affirm. And with that, we go over to... Titus chapter 1 verse 16 they profess that they know God but in works they deny him works they deny him being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate against God in Titus chapter 3 verse 9 now remember what it said back here in 1 Timothy 1.4, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than, rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Titus 3, verse 9, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. 
So we see that this is all throughout the word of God, that there's, there's a, an interesting correlation. In Romans 16, verse 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They're, they they say they love Jesus. They, they talk all about Jesus and the love of Jesus. But it's not our Jesus. It's not our Jesus. They that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. They worship themselves. They changed, they changed God into an image made like unto men. That their Jesus is them. Their Jesus is themselves. Their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches, they may sound they may sound good like Joel Osteen can really string a phrase. They can be highly educated, great orators, and all the rest of it. But they deceive the hearts of the simple. Those that don't study their Bibles. That are simple in understanding, uneducated, not knowing. And they're taken advantage of, deceived by these individuals. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. So we got to make sure we understand what it is that we're getting into. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they'll be turned uh, turn their ears away from the truth, shall be turned into fables. Fables. So, there's only one truth. And people have gotten mad at me in the past and say, well, yeah, your truth, br Brother Matthew's truth, just what you think. You think it's all about you, the gospel of Brother Matthew. I've had people actually do that while pointing their finger and jamming their finger in my chest of saying that. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with me. And I show them, look, this is what the Bible itself flat out says. You are fighting what the Bible flat out says. They're like, no, that's just your interpretation. I'm like, show me. Show me how this says what it is you're affirming. Show me how the word of God agrees with what you're promoting. Show me. And they just get mad and they don't want to. Because they, it's all in their mind. They played the mind games and deluded themselves. And they're deceived, taken advantage of. And they're going angling after fables because they have itching ears because they're tired. They're bored with what the word of God says. They're bored with the gospel. They're bored with Jesus Christ. They're bored with the Bible. They're bored with God's status quo. And they want something else. So they go dance with the devil and call the devil Jesus. Tell me I'm wrong. Show me. Convince me by scripture. Well, God showed me. Book, chapter, verse, please. Book, chapter, verse. God's not going to show you anything unless he lines it up and backs it up with, with clear scripture. Show me. Book, chapter, verse, please. Well, I just feel... No. No. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof 
they affirm. So we're going to wrap that one up there. We covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of stuff there, and uh, it, it switches gears and goes into something else, a different topic. So I don't want to, I just want to keep this one as a standalone here. And again, I know that this is going to be hard for some people to hear. This is going to cause a lot of problems. Um, when you stand on the truth, you're going to be opposed like you've never seen it. You're going to be opposed by every wolf, rat, and goat out there. Um, you won't believe how much opposition I have gotten from that video I uploaded a while ago on uh, that uh, mock priest, Orthodox priest Marmari. Uh, the short, the short clip that now has over thirteen thousand views as of right now, coming encroaching on fourteen thousand as I speak. Um, how many people have? just attacked me up one side down the other through the middle to the third degree cursing me out calling me names everything else raging in the comments that's why i have all comments held the review and how many people have attacked me on that one uh because you don't know his heart he's a loving individual he loves jesus and all the rest and you and all our christians all our god's children and all the rest of it and to say no not god they change the truth of god into a lie and they worship and serve themselves they, they want it to be all-inclusive, all-universal, that that's, uh, we're all one big happy family, we're all, we're all going to make it, we're all going to get there, and we're all accepted before God, and, and as long as you just love Jesus. And... No, no. There are doctrines that if you oppose them, you're not of God. And by their doctrines... You will know them by their fruit, the fruit of the Spirit of God through them. The fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit teach, is soundness of doctrine and teaching and instruction of what the Word of God says with the character of Christ. The Spirit of God is not going to teach you to go to Mary. The Spirit of God is not going to teach you that you have to maintain works to get there. The Spirit of God is not going to teach you all of the mystic Orthodox traditions. The Spirit of God is not going to teach you all this other. The Spirit of God is not going to teach you that love is just love. So there are doctrines, there are specifics that God's not going to go back on. He's not going to contradict. He's not going to oppose. He's not going to say some other thing. He's not going to lead you against what he's established. I don't care what all of the scholars and theologians of the big wigs and the fancy collared people say. What does God say? What does his word say? And the way is narrow and fear there be that find it. And it's not about denominationalism. It's not about religious uh, traditions, any kind of thing. It's about scripture. It's about the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, and what he's already established as absolute truth. His truth, not yours, not mine, his. Convince me by scripture. And I stand by this. I stand by this. This is what the Word of God says. This is how we can know what is truth. This is how we can know what God would have, have of us. This is how we can know what is godliness. What is godliness? What is righteousness? It's by God's standard. And anyone 
who contradicts what the scriptures say, what the Bible says, is in opposition to the Lord. So that then therefore means you need to study it. You need to study it yourself. Because how can you know how to defend the truth if you don't know what the truth is? If you're in a state of just all questions and you're just questioning everything, all the state of questions, you have no soundness, established, established doctrine, then you're not studying rightly. You're not rightly dividing the word of truth. Because, the, because if you can't settle on the truth of Scripture, then that means there's something of the Word of God that you don't like, and you're trying to find, looking for, longing for, waiting for an explanation that agrees with you. What it says is what it means. The buck stops here at the Word of God. There you go. Something to think about. All right, any other comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away, be glad to hear from you. Again, well, on the, along the lines of the study here, uh, what, what has this got you thinking about? Is there anything you'd like to add? What are your thoughts here? Please bring it up, we'd love to hear from you. And again, if you disagree with me, you can disagree with me, but convince me by scripture, show me by the word of God. Not by the established so-called experts and theologians and scholars of other degrees, other things, other writings and their feelings, their interpretation. No, use scripture. Book, chapter, verse, show me by the word of God how I'm wrong. Show me by the word of God how I'm wrong. That's what I want to hear. So, there you go. Okay. Um, Going down through. Hey, good morning, good morning. How's it going? And uh, as I was saying, what I was talking about um, a while ago, in, uh, the question here is, is, it's illegal to preach in Canada? It's illegal to preach on certain things. Um, according to Canadian law, that's anything that is of the alphabet community, any of that kind of thing, or uh, uh, opposing other religions is considered hate speech. And you can be arrested and charged for this, uh, imprisoned even, fined heavily. Um, telling people uh, uh, that uh, what, the, what the Bible says is sin in regards to those things that I aforementioned uh, is hate speech and you can be arrested and fined. Uh, you're not allowed to preach on those things in Canadian pulpits by Canadian law. So I'm the outlaw preacher. So I ought to obey God rather than men. See, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay. Fellow here says, I'm confused about the whole Israeli-Palestine conflict issue. I'm thinking what matters is if the people are saved or not. That's truly what does matter. The Bible does say um, in Matthew uh, 24 and Mark 7 uh, that uh, there will be wars and rumors of wars, but, uh, but these things must come to pass. The end is not yet. Um, so this is not the end yet, even though we see this going on. So... Keep preaching, keep holding the line. We need to see souls saved. Yep. Okay. Um, another one here. Why does, uh, Nezi says, why does Christ say, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's, but then says, no man can serve two masters. Right. You can't serve and focus at that on both at the same time as being your authority. Only one can be your authority. You can't have two authorities, two rulers, two kings. 
uh, you serve the one and despise the other. Hold to the one and deny the other, as the Word of God says. So uh, we serve the Lord, and, and, and Caesar says, but I want your money. Money's nothing. Let it go. The, the government want to control all the earthly things? Let the government have the earthly things. Let Caesar have the earthly things, the, the stuff of their kingdom. Who cares? The things of our ki- kingdom is what is of faith and of power of God. That God can provide and look after. Don't need to worry about anything. So let Caesar have what Caesar wants. But serve God. God is your authority. That's why we ought to obey God rather than men. That's what he means by that. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, Sunny Day says, I understand I understand that there's sin, but I have been strongly convinced to focus on the gospel with that group of people. There are some Christians that their main focus is to go around pointing out a person's particular sin. We're all sinners. I don't even bring up their lifestyle or particular sin, just talking about Christ, Christ and salvation. Yeah. And uh, but that that's the thing. But do we at the same time we do need to focus on unwaveringly what Scripture does call sin. So if a person says says that they that they believe in Jesus but they're unwilling to repent and believe the gospel, they don't see the need uh, of, of uh, why Christ died for their sins. That it's their sins that are condemning their sins that have separated them from God and all this. That's why the Bible says repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not the act, the work of repentance that saves you, but the acknowledgement and understanding that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And if they are unwilling to see that they're a sinner, and there are things in the word of God that help them to see this, that that, that uh, they're a sinner and they need to be born again, saved save from the condemnation of their sin. If they're, not, if they're unwilling to see that they're a sinner, then saved from what? So we do see there is a point that the law... Is uh, uh, as it shows in the Word of God here. We didn't get to this this morning, uh, but as you see done in verse nine of First Timothy one, knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, whoremongers, i.e., promiscuous persons fornicators, the immoral, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. What do you think that is? For men stealers, uh, uh, kidnappers, liars, or perjured persons, if there be any other that is contrary to sound doctrine. The law is made for this. That people need to understand how they have broken the law, how they are guilty of the condemnation of the law, and they need to be saved from the weight and the condemnation of the law. So the law is made for them, shown uh, shown to them, is given for them. Not the law is not made for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. So yeah, but in this again, the focus, the point, the purpose of bringing this up is to bring them the gospel to show them how they can be born again, saved, how they can be born again, saved. That's the purpose of the mentioning of the law, the mentioning of sin and these kinds of things. Not to hyper-focus on the sin thing, but to, but to hyper-focus on the gospel. Show them how they're a sinner, but how they can be saved. How, how they're separated from God, but how they can come to, uh, come to the fellowship of God. How they're condemned in sin and how they can be born again saved. So the, the purpose of all of this is the gospel of salvation. All right. Um, goes on, uh, Sunny Day says, of course, if they come, 
they come right out and say to me in a discussion that a certain sin is okay and god says no i will gently share god's view amen exactly all right anything else before we wrap this up anything else at all before we wrap this up so uh, again folks if you appreciate these studies please give this a like give this a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we've got tons of other goodies and content as well on our website christiancoffeetime.ca we have links to all our other platforms our other uh, social media accounts we have free downloadable gospel track pdfs and all the rest of it please make sure you check all that out and yeah all right um uh sunny days has one last question here before we wrap this up genesis 12 3 um i see it as god talking to abram but many today put the physical put it as the physical nation of israel well considering at this point the nation of israel was not yet was not in existence yet the context uh, well you say genesis 12 3 go up to verse 1. now the lord said unto abram Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Because he was in the land of Ur of the Chaldees. Right? And the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father. says, Unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make thee, I will make thee a great nation. I'll bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that's the blessing of Abraham. That's the promise of Abraham, that I will be their God, they should be my people. But again, he's talking directly to Abraham, and he's addressing Abraham. The context, uh, the direct interpretation context is Abraham, is him. But but that the blessing, the promise, as was given to Abraham, told to Abraham, is handed down. Is handed down to all those that are uh, of the line of the promise, of the promise. Say not because we are of Abraham, we are of the promise, as John the Baptist said to the Pharisees. But as as Apostle Paul says, they are not all of Israel, they are not all Jews which are of Israel. For one is not a Jew which is one outwardly, but one is a Jew which is one of the heart. It's about the belief of the Lord and obedience and, and faith and belief of the Lord according to the uh, to the ways of the Lord. And you are then accepted in and saved and you're sealed and, and, and you're brought into the promise uh, uh, by faith, not by genealogy, not by blood, not by works, not by any of these other things, but by the promise. So when you believe on the Lord according to the Lord, that you are then brought into the promise. So that is the promise of Abraham. Given to him, directly specific interpretation is to Abraham, but the carry down does carry down to those which are of the promise. There you go. All right, so uh, with that, we're going to wrap that up there. Thank you so much for joining, folks. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.